Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's A, Josh, and Tom, and Caleb Noble. Caleb Noble from the Hard Nine Podcast. Caleb, everyone, I made the grave mistake of asking our Discord, what questions do do they want us to ask you? And uh, the only one I could pick um, that was appropriate is, does this mean there is the existence of a Soft Nine Podcast? That is... These are very philosophical questions, and they are for you to elaborate upon this. Yes, I don't have any plans of a soft nine podcast in the works. Okay, Okay. Uh, follow up nine. (laughs) Follow up question. Nine. Um, Why did you you named your podcast a hard nine podcast? Why did you name Um, it after our co-host Nick Scarpacci? Why did you his dick his dick especially? So. Uh, I just thought it was fitting. I thought I thought it was fitting. It's not fitting after. for Nick. It's anti-Italian discrimination. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nick would actually have another hard something <laughs> part. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know the name. The name just kind of like my dad was like, "Hey, what about the hard nine? I was like, "Sounds good." Like, like I, the name is like the most the worst part of making anything i think because it like stops you from actually wanting to start it because you're like well what the hell am i going to name it i was like okay it sounds fine (laughs) how is mike your dad uh gives off some super dudes rock vibes um yeah he he's an interesting guy that's for sure um (laughs) yeah he he's like he's like the opposite of how he looks he would be i think is how i would describe him because he looks like he'd be like some super like Republican, you know, person, but he's not that at all. And I think I just think it's funny because he look he presents the exact opposite of who he is, and it makes me laugh. Yeah, I uh, I want to know because I think I get I think I can I think I can size up Mike here. Um, your dad, you know, does he talk about barbecue recipes? All right, uh, what do we got? What are we working with here? I get that vibe from your pops here. I get the vibe that he also likes uh, I, craft I, beers. Is he a craft beer guy? Steely Dan. He, Steely yes, Dan. He yes, loves yes. Steely Dan. He does not like Steely Dan. He hates wow. Steely Dan. <laughs> <laughs> He's the opposite. He absolutely despises Steely Dan. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a bit of a nerve with Mr. Noble. I apologize. Yeah, he's going to come through Caleb's door. He's, right seething, he's seething in the other room. Yeah. Were they talking about fuck reeling in the ears? That's it. Everything else is jazz hack yeah. shit. That's all. Steely he's gonna Dan. pop his. He's gonna pop his head in and say, "Did I just hear Steely Dan?" <laughs> I hate he those guys. Stopped after Katie lied. Sorry, That's man. what they should have done. <laughs> no, uh, we haven't been get you on for a while. Uh, yeah, yeah. We like uh, 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 there. There's two kinds of uh, portions of Cardinals Twitter we interact with. There's the psychotic side. Yes, uh, it is the chicken little side. And then we have you, um, which I uh, I mean this as a compliment. 
you uh you are the smoke on the honeybee side which is the uh the very calm nuance side on it that's what it is we it's good to have that because um especially after i mean it's not always after they but after they uh we always shit pose but man i hate this fucking fan base (laughs) yeah you know my thing did you know the off season ends in two days yeah, it does. Yeah, it's that we're fucked. Well, yeah, we apparently so- the Cardinals were gonna sign every pitcher they liked. Apparently, that's what was gonna happen. <laughs> no, 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 like, no. It's every so stupid to me. We liked every pitcher, right? But even half the people that are like. mad didn't even like Arenola. Like half the people that are angry were screaming not to sign him because he's thirty-one. So yeah, it's like, I, you know, and you know, to kind of hamper on that. I mean, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we approached that number. But from what I heard on saw on Gould's reporting, you know, we didn't really check in. And I'm going to probably, you know, we'll either throw it up to, you know, I, I know a chicken little side is going to throw it up to Malays. I'll probably throw it up that we had an inkling that he was going to go back with the Phillies. That um, That's my view as well, because the Cardinals have spoken like publicly before about not wanting to be used for leverage. So if they feel they're not they going to be able to get big, something. Yeah. yeah, they feel like they're not going to be able to get something done. They just they bow out. And like Mo even said today that he knew that like the agent told him that he was going back to the Phillies today. So yeah. there was some kind of conversation there at least, or the agent yeah. would have, wouldn't have done that. So when they had that reporting come out like a few weeks ago that the Phillies were like going to rehash negotiations with them. Like, I just remember thinking, be like, okay, yeah, I can see that. I can see him going back to Philadelphia yeah. now. Like to me, Why would you uh, not? yeah, you I know? mean, he's got, um, was- I mean, the thing that was like the biggest obstacle early in the season was strictly the years. And, he was gunning for, you know, initial reports were like 200 million for eight years, but he's willing to take one X, you know, 24, 25 less mil for seven years. And I'm probably going to bet not a lot of teams are willing to give him that seventh year to take him into his late thirties like that. Um, from according to John Heyman, there was, I think he said at least four or five teams that were willing to go over the amount that the Phil's offered. But beyond that, I mean, he just wants to stay home, hometown discount. I don't think it sets the um, market value. I think what it does anything probably sets the market floor for starting pitchers. I yeah. think uh, our boy Yamamoto is going to do that. Well, and the thing with Nola is, is he's like obviously he's the first name off the board, but in a way he's the most expected guy off the board. Yeah, yeah. He's maybe not. I mean, again, we haven't seen Yamamoto pitch yet in the bigs, but maybe he doesn't have like quite as much stuff or quite as much of a you know strikeout stuff as like Blake Snell might. But then again, he's got you those innings. He's like very above average, and one he of eats three, innings. He's consistent. One of three pitchers to throw at least 180, so, uh, 80 innings per season the last three years. And with so. teams like the Cardinals, who are needing not only innings eaters, but also guys who have a pretty high ceiling, that's why he was so desirable. Uh, so we've missed out on that, but we still have some options yep. coming around the bend. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I don't. I think his ceiling was that high, but uh, Caleb, jump in on this. What do you? Uh... I, I think Aaron Nola was the perfect fit for the Cardinals um, for yep. everything that they wanted to do and that they want to do. Like high he would have given rate, high ground ball. He doesn't. Rate. Yeah, right. He he has the upside of a pitcher that could be better than any pitcher the Cardinals have had since nineteen Flaherty. Um, mm-hmm. He he doesn't miss starts. Like that's what's so impressive about him. He makes thirty two starts every single year. Um, he gives you those two hundred innings, and if they had Michaelis and and Nola. Both making getting two hundred innings for you. That's a large chunk of your innings from two guys. But um, you know, he wanted to go back to Philly, and I don't blame him for it. No, hell no. I would I I mean they're they're gonna be a solid contender for what, four, maybe five? Uh, I would say four years. 
Well, and you know, Tom, I know you don't respect these athletes. I so don't. On the human side, is he like married? Does he have kids? Like, do, do we know? Because I mean, that's yeah. all, that's obviously a factor too. Anytime you're, well, I think you're confused. I uh, don't respect the city of Philadelphia and their surrounding areas. Okay. Is what it is. So this is the only knock I have against Nola. Okay. But, no, he's a family guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's a family well, guy. I just didn't know if he yeah. was. I didn't know if he was like batching it, had kids, all that whole thing. So yeah, I think he's very private. I don't know anything about him personally. No, and I tried to dig up some shit because I wanted to be like Aaron Nola, Jan Six confirmed type of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think that's the case. Honestly, he's no, like he a pretty seemed, good. He dude. just seems like a regular dude. I um, I have I, I've been formulating this like kind of a I, I guess possible hot take on uh on nola i don't think nola and snell are clear clear number ones to me i think they're like high number twos to a degree uh mainly with nola's like well nola no nola you know he's a chad innings eater right and you know era doesn't tell all the story i mean obviously if you have a shitty defense behind you that factors in um but like this was his worst uh season analytically of his career in terms of hard contact he's given up in terms of uh, velocity regression, in terms of his strikeout, you know, he started off not as a high strikeout uh, percentage pitcher. And then he became a strikeout artist, I think by his second full season, but he was given up a lot of sweet spot, a lot of hard contact. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I go back and forth on this one on if I would have preferred Snell or Nola, cause I love Blake Snell and his strikeout rate. I love that his pitches garner a lot of value. The thing that, you know, um, I love that he's a two-time Cy Young winner. It just so happens to be the two times he's fully healthy. But, I mean, the dude fucking walks everyone. And it just kind of decides, like, you know, if you give seven years to Enola, you know, is their regression going to be that, you know, maybe they don't put free passes on, but are they giving up a ton of hard contact? And with Snell, it's going to be like, well, if he regresses, you know, as he walk everyone and still fucking yeah. not punch guys out. I wonder if people look at um, the possibility of robot arms coming in to a guy like Snell and thinking benefit maybe, a guy like Nolan, uh, Noah a lot. Well, too. yeah, but I mean, specifically Snell, since he walks a lot of guys, I mean, maybe those edges that could be called strikes, you know, maybe eventually I it might all come out in the wash, um, but have, that could be a fact. I'm um, more generous in strike calls. Um, from mm-hmm. you know, as the for as the forefront cop analyzer here, oh, yeah. they miss uh they miss more balls that they call strikes, and they miss strikes that are called balls. Um, oh, okay, that's uh, I mean the the tighter that the zones got, you know, this is a, a fucking aside here, but it's one of the things I get frustrated when I see like the not Gaetis of the world talking about how awesome Nolan Ryan would be in this league, and I'm like, if he took Nolan Ryan out of like 1974 and put him here. He get his shit rocked because he doesn't have six inches of the plate. He doesn't have the river on that one. Right. But I mean, if he grew up in this time period, yeah, he would learn to pitch to that, no doubt. I mean, legends would figure that out. But if you just cloned him, or sorry, just transported him here, they'd be shit out of luck. Maybe they could do fair. whenever he dies, they they can do what uh, Israel's doing with their soldiers. They can extract his. They extract the semen. Yeah, yeah, and we can clone. We should do that with Dakota Hudson. Speaking of, oh, wait, we're coming right back to it. We're coming right back to it. Don't worry. It is a baseball episode. We promise the fans. So, like, 
with Nola off the market on it, you know what? You know, rate your boner factor here, Caleb. I hope you're 21 or older. No, rate rate I your excitement. <laughs> he was drinking a PBR because he's a good. Well, guy. my dad had me that. drinking well yeah. before 21. Yeah. I turned 22 here in a few months. You're good. Hey, Hell yeah, brother. Go. That's what's up. Yo, check us out. He's older, than I think. Oh wait, St. Louis Sports Central. He's older than him. I think Caleb is. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. I don't know why Man, that's important. We're hanging out with some kids. Hanging out with some kids, dude. <laughs> we're old dudes. Yeah, I'm the youngest. And I'm town sports, bro. And I'm, and I'm about to be 27. So what? Um. So you know, Nola's off the board. So let's mm-hmm. go through. You know, your excitement level now for what's remaining. Obviously, Yamamoto. What would you? You know, one to ten. How hard are you for him? How hard nine are you for him? Twenty five. Like he's. Twenty-five. Oh, hell yeah! He's he's the bit. He'd be the by far the most exciting and biggest free agent addition this organization has ever had. How much do you buy the national reports that were closely linked to him? I buy the local reports from Derek Gould. That we're yeah, I trust. I tend to trust Um, more than that. And he's been almost harder on that than national reporting. Um, to say that it makes a lot of sense with the Cardinals. They have been kind of preparing for this for a long time. By getting a bigger presence in Japan, they have a good relationship with Yamamoto's team. Um, new bar factor, obviously, that's an X factor. That's not much, but it could push it over the edge. Um, so I, but the national reporting, I don't buy anything they say. Yeah, like Morosi two days ago, fucking mind. Yeah, two days and, ago they said the Phillies weren't signing Aaron Nola back. Like, yeah, they come. You know, the Braves are coming in now. They're saying the Braves are coming in for Sonny Gray. Everyone yeah. just chill out. I mean, the off season's long. Uh, back to like, uh, back to back to Oryx. So the cards hired a scout for Japan to basically target these kind of players to find this level of talent. I guess we got Lars Newbar also pulling double duty with that on it. Um, beyond uh, beyond Yoshinobu, we have Matsui that we're looking to pick up as a reliever. And is it uh, Imimanga? I cannot say his name. Help me out with it. Imanaga. Imanga. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have him also on the table for it as well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. so two stars and a back end guy. Yeah. And, you know, uh, last guy's going to garner fewer dollars. He's 30 years old on that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Yoshinobu is our fucking, he's the, you know, he's the, he's the cake and the icing, I would assume. So, right. And I think if we got him, I mean, I think uh, it takes probably a significant amount of pressure, I would say, off in terms of what else you can scrape together. For starting rotation it comes down, I guess, to the two and a half starter comment yeah. of we'll throw 30 at him. You can spend another 20 on another starter. You think he commands 30? I mean, I feel like I think it depends on length. Yeah. yeah, I think it comes down to that. Like, I think yeah. I could see him signing two years, 250, and that's 25 a year. But the thing mm-hmm. I've also talked to my dad about a little bit on our podcast is you know, you can play with you can play with. Um, AAVs like you don't have it doesn't have to be straightforward you know if you sign him for seven to ten that doesn't mean every year has to be 30 like Wilson for example took 10 last year and he's making 18 this year you can mess around with it if you say hey you know we want Sonny Gray too so are you willing to take 20 in year one and then maybe in 2027 he's making 35 yeah you know you can push that can down the road if you want if they're willing to and that's something they've done in the past so I wouldn't be surprised if if they go after him, if that's something they consider, or maybe with Sonny Gray, they do that or whomever their second guy is, but yeah. they, they can get two started. Like people look at the AAV and assume that's just add that to this payroll. That's not necessarily how it works all the time. Yeah. I mean, we just cleared anywhere from uh seven to 14 million, just based on the guys we non-tendered mm-hmm. yeah. as yeah. well. And there's still guys we can po- potentially move, yeah. especially with, and the thing is with us non-tendering those guys. 
most of them we're not going to have to really go replace unless you're actually counting Dakota Hudson as a viable. I think he's the missing piece. I really think. uh... Did you see those comments by Jeff Jones and Brendan Schaefer today? Who I have a lot of respect for Brendan, but they were talking about how we're like. Oh, the innings, right? Yeah, the innings comments. And I was in. Like there's a difference. Just because some guy threw innings for you doesn't mean you have to keep them. Doesn't mean they're like, obviously the innings they threw innings. weren't good. <laughs> yeah. Like, like we weren't seventy one and ninety one. So you tell me because some guy threw a hundred innings for you, they have to be on the team the next year. Like that's so stupid to me. Like they have Thompson, Liberator, Rom, who's not very good, but he's still he can throw innings. Like they have Graceffo, and who knows where Roby's bad, but they've got options to replace innings that are better than both of those guys. Yeah, Hudson didn't throw good innings. He's and, awful. Know, yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> well, according to what, I hope he listens. To what was that Bleacher from. Report that said like Dakota Hudson's now like the number two guy? Yeah, like, the number two guy. Yeah, um, uh, Paul like, DeYoung oh, is the hot shortstop. Eh. It's hot on the shortstop market right now. Like I don't the Dakota Hudson thing, man. He should have been. He's he's so one. He's awful to watch, but he's also just so bad. How are you a single ball, sinker baller that can't strike people out and walks people? Like yeah. how, how, and <laughs> why was he on this team so long? I, you know, Kyle always, yeah, Kyle Reese on Kyle Reese, I think always made like the best sense with it is that he just needs to come out of the bulls bullpen and be a breaking ball thrower. Mm-hmm. That's it. But I remember looking up like the stats, like on his uh, slider this past season and his slider got worse. I was like, this kept like, I feel for him. I mean, we devoted so much uh, TLC love and attention to getting him up here. I mean, we yeah. neglected other guys who have gone on to have success, mm-hmm. you know, or better yet, guys uh, that we turned into bullpen arms like Hicks and Helsley. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, you know, I, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say Hudson's a failed project. Right? I think we got, especially for, you know, um, who you oh, know, guy. yeah, who he is. I think we got like a yeah. tremendous amount of value out of him. But like yeah. moving forward. He can't like. I feel for him, you know. I mean, a lot of people are pretty acerbic online. Uh, we're best mm-hmm. friends with uh, uh with one, but uh, <laughs> you know, I feel for a guy like that. I hope he bounces back. I hope yeah. he has a tremendous career and all that. But man, like, guy who walks, you know, three or four plus, or you know, like twelve to thirteen percent of the dudes he faces and strikes out nearly as much. That's not. You know, it was Cardinal baseball maybe in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. It cannot be Cardinals baseball going forward. No, it's he, – he I said this a couple of times. He's, he represents everything the Cardinals need to get the hell away from when yep. it comes to pitching. Him. Like he – as a, if the human being could embody what has gone wrong the last half decade for the Cardinals when it comes to pitching development, pitching performance, it's Dakota Hudson. And they need to get all the way away from it. Woodford's kind of in that same category – and to me, the fact that they not tendered him, it clears up five million dollars, which is great. I don't really yeah. care too much about that because it's not my money. But the but the fact that they're saying, okay, we're making a change here. We're not doing this again. That to me is the most important thing that they've done so far. Um, the Kisner and Yepes part of it's whatever. I would have been okay with keeping both of those guys. But the Woodford and um, Dak thing, I think, was a good sign, at least, that they're changing things. Right. More so definitely like with Hudson, too. I mean, Woodford's always been like a – I guess we had to assign like fan graph scout value to him, like a 40, 40 plus or 35 plus guy. Yeah. He's an organizational depth piece on it. I mean, mm-hmm. Hudson, though, I mean, they had such a stiffy for him in terms of making his like, uh, you know, his uh, presence in a starting rotation like cemented. And I mean, I, you know, it was good that, you know, he got sent down. Uh, good that he got an attender. I hope he gets caught on somewhere else. And I'm hoping that, uh, 
you know, this is a change of philosophy. I mean, there's still one last, like, uh, uh, I guess, uh, bridgehead uh, to to that old school philosophy, and that's Michaelis. Yeah. You know, Michaelis at least doesn't walk any guys. They're going to let him play. I'm obviously play out. Of his yeah, contract. he's going to finish out his contract yeah. on it, but hopefully it's like the last. He'll be wearing a red out. coat one day that might. He'll be wearing it. Yes. We'll be blowing stage, getting hauled around by the. He'll be on his bass boat as the Clydesdales drag it through the outfield. <laughs> the great thing about Michael is, is he throws 200 innings and he's, he's not going to. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Like if he's your third or fourth best starter, you like him. Like you like him a lot. Yeah. But the problem is the Cardinals have had him. The problem the Cardinals have had him as their one or two for three, four years besides the one he was injured. And that's just not, it's not good enough. Yeah. I know when losses don't matter, but I mean, aside from his winning record in his uh, debut season with us, you know, he's ever since then, he's been average to slightly above average. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you pay Mm -hmm. 18 to 20 mil for a guy who is going to make, you know, throw you 180 innings who is going to keep you, you know, who's going to pitch six innings of three run ball. In today's baseball, that is that's a valuable asset yeah. as a tail end rotational guy. Yeah, happy when games break it down for the money. It might not be the most, uh, you know, high value yeah. option there. But then again, his upside—if he's a number two, number three—then beautiful. You know, we could. Uh, you know what, Caleb? I mean, actually, no. there's plenty of pitchers that we can bring on this team. That and I think people aren't giving them a, a fair shot. All oh right. boy, you know I think we need guys that have very um very strong views like Miles Michaelis has, mm-hmm. like uh, Blake Trinan. Blake Trinan. No, I think is, there's one better. Um, is this where the Trevor Bauer conversation comes in? Yeah. Well, I was gonna go with views. Those are actions, my friend. I was gonna <laughs> go something a little more under. Uh, you know, Marcus Stroman has some interesting perspective, point of views about uh jewish people i yeah. mean we can uh you know bring he him. went to he went down the kyrie irving road for sure i wish he got more shit from the national press on that that's he really thing. didn't at all it was weird like he made like, like a, I, a fucking glib comment about it like on, on twitter i'm like why is no one fucking dragging him for this and why, and why is he doing that like just shut shut up yeah like you know like to me to me whenever it comes to politics and baseball you know i don't believe both sides are equal on it I mean, I think one side causes more harm than the other. So mm-hmm. it's good that, you know, Marcus Stroman is like, a, you know, he was a vocal proponent of Black Lives Matter. Awesome based. And then he's mm-hmm. like, also, I'm going to do <laughs> non-fungible tokens. I'm like, yeah. pretty dumb. And then he comes <laughs> out with like the Kyrie backing. I'm like, what the fuck is going on with you, man? Yeah, I was a big Stroman fan. Like, like I was I was a big advocate for them going after him when he was a free agent last time. Because I, I like at the time, I really liked what he was about. I liked the way he um, presented himself. I liked that he was like trying to become a face for um, black Americans to get into baseball. I liked all that. And then there's like some things that's like, if you just wouldn't have like retweeted that one tweet, like just don't do that and yeah. we're all good. It's like you, should, you shouldn't have done that one. Don't do that. <laughs> like the one thing that you did, you just shouldn't have done that and we're all good. It's- yeah. I, I mean, you know, just based on that, like, I don't think I'd want him on this team unless he got, like, some kind of grilling from, like, the press on that one. That needs to be elaborated on. Be like, yeah. so, like, what do you believe, like, on this? Like, we're sharing, mm-hmm. like, Black Israelite, like, content. You're defending, like, Kyrie for that. And Kyrie's, I guess, like, in a way, like, same in the, and kind of in the same boat. I think he's kind of a little bit more um, 
uh, I don't want to say reprehensible, but I mean, Kyrie was an advocate, especially in terms of like police violence, but he's gone down this fucking odd conspiracy hole, especially like with the earth is a square. And also Jews made it that way. Like, all right. Okay. Like, come on. I think if you're the Cardinals and you're going after anyone like that, and I don't think they will because they're the Cardinals and they don't like bad publicity. Um, I think that's a big reason why they're going to go big this off season. Cause they hate bad publicity. Yeah. But if, if you're going to like talk to Marcus Stroman, if that's something they want to do, you got to get to the bottom of it and ask him every detail and decide if you feel comfortable moving forward. But that has to be a conversation. It has to be Mo doing it, yeah. too. It'd be like, so what do you think of me? <laughs> I'm Mr. Mozeliak. Do you like my <laughs> It spins. <laughs> yeah, he comes in doing the most offensive stereotype. Yeah. In front of him. So what do you think of us? Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I guess we don't have to like harp on like uh, T Bauer here. Um, we hate him. Um, the Cardinals um, aren't signing him. That's all been... I, like, when people ask me, I'm just like, they're not signing him. It's not happening. Uh, you know, uh, a little birdie named Cardinals Live told me he'd be a great option yeah. that he's uh, absolved of not only being a weird, unlikable dork, but apparently a sexual predator. I mean, I think we got to consider, you know, our options with a 34 year old. Um, you know what? We need a bad guy look. That's hear me out, guys. You know, we need to be, you know, the blues had a, you know, rough and tumble bad guy look, right? You know, mm-hmm. we had Maxim Lapierre, we had Steve Ott, okay? Remember when we bullied the Bruins in the Stanley Cup? All right. We love our blues here. And I think the Cardinals need a bad guy attitude. All right. And there's not much more worse you can get than a rapist. Well, so, and I think that'd be the king right there. Well, I think this could be a romantic comedy of sorts. Uh, and not emphasis on the romantic, just more of like the vibes. It could be like a little movie. I'm I'm already picturing like the trailer coming in. Like oh Christ. men hate him. Women are scared of him. Coming this spring, Trevor Bauer in little old St. Louis. Oh, and then Christ. yeah. I've... No, it'd be like the Dizzy Dean movie remake. <laughs> <laughs> Meet me in St. Louis lockup. Hopefully, because that's how his story should end. What a scumbag. Um, I mean, we'll invite you to play this game because we're trying to we're trying to think what team would be low enough to sign Trevor Bauer. Please. I don't think anyone's gonna. I really don't. Really, you think he's totally fucked? Mm-hmm. No one's gonna get desperate on him. The Mets. No, I don't think the so. Because who would? <laughs> the Mets. LOL Mets. Yeah. He... <laughs> I don't think the Mets would even like. I really don't because they're trying to rebuild their brand right now. Like I don't know what team would be willing to do. It. Like the contenders aren't going to do it. Like at least none of them that I see. Um, you know, maybe the Red Sox. Like, is that the most likely? Maybe I don't. I don't think anyone's gonna do <laughs> that. Looking for the most like racist. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I just really <laughs> conservative. Yeah, no. Well, I yeah, just think the... the Red Sox are desperate for pitching, and they make moves, and they have a big enough market to where they can kind of hide behind the fact that you know <laughs> they can kind of get over it quickly, I guess. But I don't think anyone does it. Takes the fucking, on them. I really the don't. fucking Phillies and the Sox organization <laughs> getting into a we're a piece of shit off yeah. over it's Trevor just Bauer. a huge bidding war. Who wants to pay him two million dollars to pay? Yeah, no, he signs an MILC fucking minor league contract to be able to play with the Mets. After I, I, I genuinely would be shocked if anyone took him on. I would. I, be. Yeah, I'm still kind of shocked that the you know rehabbing his image program is still going on, but he still has like four like allegations against him, and like I, it it would just. I mean, I wouldn't put it past the sport for someone to see for anyone. For new organization, Steve Bellow, but I that would my opinion of the sport would would drastically drop if he found like any place after this. 
trying to think. You're thinking of a mean joke, aren't you? No, I'm just thinking. Trying to cue something up. No, I feel like, you know, like Texas would just be like, fuck yeah, run it back. We're running it back. Running it back. They let Monty go, but they bring in Bauer. (laughs) I don't think Bruce Bochy would like Trevor Bauer very much. Just a hunch. Oh, yeah. No, he's a. Well, yeah, but think about Maddox. As Trevor Bauer. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that. Yeah. I'm, probably, I'm probably gonna have to cut that. Yeah. You know how much I fucking hate editing. Like it. I do only when yeah. it's stuff I enjoy. Um. Okay, so we're not getting Trevor Bauer. We can cross that off the list. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you got? So there. To me, I see that this entire free agent market has a shit ton of three through fives, and mm. you mentioned this on your latest podcast that I uh, enjoyed and I've been high on this guy, but uh, haven't really revisited Lucas Giolito. What do you got? Yeah, I think, I think Lucas Giolito fits perfectly. If you go down the Yamamoto route, cause he has the, uh, he has as high of upside as anybody else in that second tier on the market, in my opinion, mm-hmm. but he's going to probably cost five to $7 million less a year. I would think like, I think you're probably looking at 15 a year for Giolito. If he signs a three or four year deal, um, so if you get Yamamoto and you get him, you've got two guys with a lot of upside. Both could end up being your best pitchers. Um, and it's just like, for me, he has the second highest strikeout rate of any pitcher on the market right now. And that's Tremendous what the Cardinals need to be looking at. Yeah. And his, and there was a weird stat, like Chicago gave up a shitload of home runs last year. And a lot of that's because of how their stadium was playing. And, and I think if he's in Bush, you know, a lot of those probably stay in. They might even not even get to the warning track, some of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think. Pitcher, yeah. And so yeah, our dimensions is. benefit that. Yeah. The only problem with that scenario is our defense in the outfield's atrocious and doesn't don't know if it's going to get better, especially if you're trading O'Neal and we'll see what happens with Carlson. But I, I think it would be a good fit for a lot of reasons. But. He should be the hat. Like if you get Yamamoto, right. you can go down to that tier instead of going to Sonny Gray, and that's mm-hmm. how you make the the dollars work. But I I don't know. I don't know if he wants to play here. Maybe if Jack Flaherty told him not to come here, we'll see. But who knows? <laughs> hey man, uh, as Harvard Westlake graduates, man, um, whatever you do, uh, don't don't offer any opinion about police killing people. And Luke's <laughs> like, I fucking love that shit though. I'm like, all right, well the cards will like it yeah. at that point. I think like. Giolito would be the half, right? If we sign two front end, and by front end, I mean like guaranteed as you can. I mean, injuries happen, freak accidents happen. I get it. Mm -hmm. But like if you get a Yamamoto or a Gray and you get another dependable starter, or you get both, I mean, Giolito's a good half. I've saw people giving giving him shit. Uh, It was Katie Wu's athletic article that she wrote, uh, or sorry, worked with. I forgot who the guy she worked with, but uh, on the, uh, on, you know, the athletics free agent projections, people given like Giolito shit that he might command over $10 million of salary. I'm like a guy with a high four ERA with a huge amount of strikeouts. Who's been relatively dependable as like a starter. Like you take on that risk as mm-hmm. it's not even that much of a reclamation project. I yeah. think fucking Jordan Lyles here. Like you spot him a decent defense. He keeps a few more fly balls in the yard. I mean, White Sox defense was atrocious. Their ballpark played against him. I mean, if you give him at the very least a good defense, you probably cut half a run off his ERA at the very least on that. And he has that. Uh, he's not that far removed from receiving Cy Young votes in like back-to-back years. Yeah. Like he's got the upside of being, you know, he's one of the biggest prospects to come out of high school in a long time, pitching prospects at least. 
So I, I do think he has a lot of upside as well. And, you know, I don't, I don't know where they go though. Like to get the half that they're talking about, I don't know how they can afford two guys and him and still get bullpen pieces that they might want. Like that's where you start getting to mm-hmm. the $215 million salary range. They should go higher than 65, right? Yeah, I, I agree. With that. I would agree. I don't yeah. know if they will, but they should. I mean, it's owned by a billionaire that owns like a huge swath of commercial and residential area around yeah. the ballpark. You can you can go up above that. They should, and, but I don't think he will. I I was talking to uh, my friend Pat about this, so you know, hear me out on my pessimism on this. Okay, so this is a this is a, a definitely out of right field uh, pessimistic view. But uh, here in the front office comment on the. Um, you know, the RSN bankruptcy with Diamond Sports Group with DSG. Keep in mind, the Cardinals got paid all of last year from DSG. But hearing them bring it up now and saying they're going to have to rely heavily like on attendance revenue gives me some pause. We might, you know, this again, this is a pessimist in me that we might get Alex Wood, Tyler Malley, and fucking Kyle Gibson. <laughs> like that might be what it is. Because they might fall back on that. Like, we're not making as much, re- we're not pulling as much profit as we want. And, you know, we're going to fall back on this as as an excuse. Now, well, I mean, it's a balancing act because if you don't do shit, people aren't going to turn out and there goes your attendance revenue you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I kind of like think a, the opposite of that. I think they're going to go bigger. Then. I think they're going to go bigger because they know if they're not selling out every night, they're screwed. Yeah. Like, they, and like, if they're selling out, obviously, you know, basic economics here. There's a capitalist inside me. You know, you can raise prices or people are going to come mm-hmm. out and see the show, right? Yeah. I, you know, I can see them using it as an excuse as like my conspiracy brain goes with it. But again, I mean, they own like a huge swath of just land that they have filled with like residential apartments and businesses uh, around yeah. like Bush Stadium. Like there's no fucking excuse to like they can go up and gingerly kiss the luxury tax of 237 million if they wanted to they yeah. have that amount oh, yeah. of money and they need to spend that they need to be aggressive on that um you know whether it takes like you know you pull in a gray or uh or yamamoto on this one i mean you, honestly they should probably pull in like four starters you know two full starters and then i don't know half half and half at that yeah. like i see yeah. uh severino as a great reclamation project as a half yeah, i agree as a guy who can come in, term, he's familiar with the organization too. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Luis Severino is a good option to for your half because his pitch specs and everything they're they're pretty on par with what he's been the last few years. He yeah, just he got hammered. A lot of it was location. A lot of it was location, from what I saw. Um, just leaving a lot of balls over the middle, and that can be changed. That's not like a that's not like a death wish when you're just hitting throwing the ball over the middle. You can fix that in an off season. Yep. And if the other half, if another half is Tyler Glasnow, because I can't stop expressing how how scared I am, we what we give up for him. He's amazing, um, though, man. Oh God! Well, he's incredible. Maybe you know the thing I was worried about. So I would probably say I've shifted a little bit more pro Glasnow. Like if we tendered Dakota Hudson, I would be more anti uh, Glasnow because you know his he's pitched one full season, not in the majors, he's in professional ball. In 2017, between AAA and the majors. Okay, like, this isn't like, um, you know, when you think about, like, pitchers, they're destined to have some kind of catastrophic injury. Okay? 
but like what you hope for is two to four straight, you know, just consecutive right. seasons of, you know, either prime to greatness, whatever. And then, yeah, you deal with, you know, the eventual torn shoulder or the Tommy John surgery on that one. Okay. And Glasnow has just such a long track record that one, I don't think we have much we can really kind of offer the Rays except just eating the salary because the Rays are starved for pitching because their top pitchers are hurt. And I would assume that if they're going to shop Glasnow, they're looking for, I think, a tremendous return, mainly in terms of arms. And I don't think we have that to offer yeah. Tampa. And I think we overvalue. No, we don't. I, we don't. Maybe you agree with me on this. I think we're, I think as fans, we're overvaluing other teams' interest in Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson. Or shit, even pitching process. Oh, yeah. Like, or like Tommy Edmund, too. I mean, God, I saw someone today on Twitter talking about how, like, McGreevy could be one of those arms we move because, you know, he's got major league stuff, or he, he could even be no. playing at the big league level right now. We're he's gonna, Dakota Hudson. Yeah, I was just about to say, we we're having we we're having Kyle on later this week, and, like, I had, I had reached out to him in private because I was trying to trying to be all prospect-brained. And I was like, you know, like, I don't have a lot of faith in McGreevy. And he just summed it up as, yeah, he's like Hudson 2.0. Like, the organization has, you know, it, either the organization changes mm-hmm. or he has to go off on his own mm-hmm. and develop, you know, his repertoire to be more of a swing and miss guy. But I the mean, fact that he was a first round draft pick, like, that kinda, you know, I don't understand. Point, I don't understand. Whip last year, man. Like, I don't know, understand I, it. Like, why? How can this organization draft hitters? at such a successful rate because they've done a really great job at that. And then when it comes to pitching, it's just like, why do you keep doing the same thing over and over? Like you see, they have picks like in the first round a few years ago, they drafted ahead of the slot. They took George court, George Kirby. Mm-hmm. Like you could have had him and he'd be your ace right now, him. but you didn't, you didn't go after him. I don't, they got to change their evaluation of pitchers. Like everyone likes to talk about how great they are when it comes to Flores and they are really good. But until they start drafting high upside pitchers and then developing those guys internally, they're going to be in trouble. Yeah, Flores acts on behalf behest of what the front office is looking for in a mm-hmm. pitcher too. So if they changed and said, "Hey, man, you know we want a guy with um, high ceiling stuff, swing and miss, you know maybe walks a few guys, but we want a guy that can miss bats more so than anything." You know, Flor- Randy's going to find that motherfucker. Yeah, Randy's going to find. He's, he's going to he's going to find top value for it. Because the way he, I mean, back to the hitters thing on it, just how many guys that we have that are not only like replacement level at the very least big leaguers, you know, as hitters, but are bona fide starters that we took beyond just in the middle of the later rounds, you know, Donnie, Edmund, yeah. Newt Bar. I mean, Randy's great at finding that. I'm sure he could find pitchers. That yeah, the okay. organization just directs him better. And he has, to be fair, he has found some. Like he found Alcantara, he found Gallon, he found Flaherty, who had injuries, but he was You're great. Um, he was part of bringing in the, the greatest one, Tim Coon. And he was, and he had part of bringing in, um, he was part of bringing in Alex Reyes. Like, so he found guys, just injuries or trading them away got in the way of those guys becoming what they should have become. But, um, well, it was until they start developing pitchers. But we value in those pitchers. I mean, we uh, overvalued, I mean, Cooney was one of the guys on. I make fun of that. Uh, yeah, but, I, I, mean, I I was I remember that I was hyped on Cooney, or at least not hyped, but I was like, this is a guy who could be like a number three yep. in the rotation. We one day. overvalued Hudson. Um, we gave too many starts, maybe to Ponce, Flaherty. I think um, I think we just got unlucky with Flaherty mm-hmm. on that one. But you know, at one point we were rife with premium pitching talent from yeah. like 2014 to 2016. 
And, you know, not to rehash like the Ozuna trade on that. I, I see it kind of makes sense, you know, for what we needed at the time. Yeah. But like the ebbs and flows. But like, you know, if it's like, well, we're getting rid of these guys because we value this guy over this one. You know, we valued we put so much value on Luke Weaver and so much value in Dakota Hudson that, yeah. you know, we had to ship, you know. Yeah. Well, we were going to turn Sandy into a bullpen arm. So mm-hmm. he's very easily expendable, you know. We didn't want to pick Callen to work out in the winter, so we just fuck you, and we got rid of him. Yeah, so. dude. Oh god, that whole story is so fucked. I can't. It's, you know, and I guess we'll ask Kyle about this, but like, I feel like the current batch of pitching prospects that we have so far taken in, not including this past trade deadline, is very weak, and it's definitely constituted the moves we made um, over the deadline. I mean, it's good to be excited about Takoa Roby. It's good to be excited even about Klopfenstein. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, there's still a lot of – I mean, Hentz had a horrible year in double-A. He still has yep. plus stuff. We did. I like Roby a lot, though. Man. I like, like Roby a lot, too. He could be he could be the guy that they develop in the end of this decade. Like, he could end up being that if he's healthy. Yeah. Um, like, he's a guy that if he was healthy last year, he wasn't getting traded. Like, the Rangers no, would no, not have moved right. him. Um, he's he is a stud that they need to they need to develop him unless injuries get in the way. He has to be a frontline starter for you, like he just or or a three. Like I can't say frontline's unfair, but he has to be a part of your rotation with upside. And yeah. if they fail on that, then like this is the part where you're you're changing your philosophy and Tink Hintz and Takoa Roby and even Cooper Jerpy. I'll throw him in there too. You've got to develop those three guys. Like maybe they won't all pan out, but you've got to get one at least one of those three to be a massive player for you through the duration of his, you know, major league, you know, introductory contract of six years. Like they've got to figure that out with one of those three, at least probably two of them. What would you expect out of them? Like what, what's your, uh, what would you expect out of them uh, based on war form or maybe just innings? You know, I, I don't know. I, I could see him being an injury, a relatively injury prone guy that might give you 120 to 140, but I think he has the upside to be, you know, he's not going to be glass now, but I think he's going to be what people hope Graceffo could be. Like yeah. if Graceffo reached his 95th percentile outcome of being a number two or three with some strikeout punch, I think that's what Takoa Roby should be for the Cardinals, not could be for the Cardinals. Okay. And like same expectations for. Good answer. Yeah. Hit hints and jerpy. Cause I see. I love hints, man. I love really it do. too. God, the the double A one. I mean, but it's experience. He's getting stretched out more. He's and injuries, and there it was a weird year for him. But he, I think he's gonna be. They just need to slow play him. Like give him as much time as you really can down in the minor leagues. He's not ready. Uh, he's not ready for triple A. They shouldn't start him in triple A next year. He should Hopefully probably not. pitch the first half of the year in double A. And if he's earned a a call up, then call him up. But don't rush him to triple A. Like for me, when it comes to, you know, Jerpy, uh, hence. Um, uh, Graceffo and Roby, like those are the guys that, and you know, Graceffo's teetering on it, but I think Graceffo's stuff plays so far up that mm-hmm. those are the guys that have to be, you know, if you're thinking of future promotional material, like the posters you make or the programs you're going to hand out, those right. are the guys you should be expecting to be mm-hmm. in that rotation contributing to this team with Yamamoto. With Yam, with of course with Yamamoto. <laughs> um, well, yeah, he was seen at Emos with Lars Newport. He was seen at Emos with Lars Newport. Yeah. Did you not that see was... that clear? No, oh, I saw it. <laughs> I saw that one hundred percent real picture floating around on Twitter. <laughs> so, like, 
we we were kind of talking about like hardness level for like reclamation projects. We mentioned Severino, and you know I can't escape the Glasnow discourse. Um, what are you willing to give up for Glasnow, and you know where where should that priority be for the Cardinals to pick him up? I think I'm willing to give up everything other than Gorman, Newbar, Donovan, Walker, of course. Yeah. And I'm not giving up any of the, those three pitching prospects we just talked about. They're, I'm not giving up for anybody because um, they need to develop those guys or they're screwed. They can't keep going to free agency to, for pitching. Um, but if it's like a – like I don't know if I, it's, it's weird for him. I'd be willing to go as high as most other teams would be willing to go probably. But if you get to an uncomfortable level, then you pivot. Because like if you're trading – if they're like, oh, we need Donovan, and you're like, okay, we're willing to trade Donovan, but for two years of Dylan Cease – like I w- I don't think I trade Donovan, Nupar, Gorman, Walker when for anybody this offseason. Honestly, like, God, spit- Donovan, Don. If anyone comes calling for Donnie, he needs to have a pro- high price tag. I I wouldn't trade him. Go spend yeah. the money. You created this mess. Yeah, don't mess up. Don't rob money. Peter to pay Paul. Just pay Paul. Yeah, don't rob Peter. Just you don't need to go spend. Go spend the billionaire's money on it. Um, right. Exactly. Who else we got? Let's think reclamations. Okay, uh, that's kind of the fun thing. I mean. Or better, I mean, Kenta Maeda would be a great reclama- uh, reclamation guy, I think. Mm-hmm. I think still so think, yeah, yeah, he'd be a great half. Like if you get him and he's your third guy, I'd be all in. Yeah, if you get 120, 140 innings out of him, and it costs yeah. like less than eleven or twelve million, I take mm-hmm. that. What about? And he's Carlos? got high upside too. He's some great years. Uh, Carlos Carrasco is a good no, three. no, 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 no. Tabasco Carrasco. <laughs> okay, he's not. He's just not very good anymore, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm just looking at all the free agents right now. I like Montas I like a lot. I like Frankie Frankie, Montas you bring a lot. Him in? I do. I like him a lot. Bounce back on, but I mean, as a they half are. for for the price, they are yeah. But it depends on what he costs. Obviously, if he's costing 15 million, then no. But like, I like him a lot because he's one of those guys that if he's pitching, like if he has a really good second half, he could be your number one starter in a postseason series. Yeah. that's how talented he is. And that's if you're getting a half, go upside. All upside. That's what I think. And hell, if you just make it to the big dance, I mean, just having two incredible starting pitchers carries you so fucking far yeah. in the MLB postseason. And they don't even have to be like on paper incredible. They can just be Montgomery and Eovaldi who pitch incredible. Yeah. Like those two guys aren't aces. Like we we had Montgomery on our team. No one thought he was an ace for us, but mm-hmm. he turned it on. Like you have to have talented guys that can do that. You don't necessarily have to have you know Degrom and Verlander or Degrom and Scherzer. Like you don't have to have that. But you need to have guys that have the talent to turn it on when they need to. What uh, relief pitchers are you interested in? I haven't given it a ton of thought simply because I think the rotation needs to be priority one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like a guy that I like that could be available for trade that I think you could give up O'Neill and a prospect for is James Karinchek, um from the, okay. from the Guardians because they sent him down last year. Because he had control problems, and that was a whole weird thing. Um, and he's getting starting to get, to get money. The Guardians don't like paying money. We know that. Yeah, I like him a lot. And as for free agency, I like Hector Neris a lot. I think he's very good. Um, Joe Kelly, Matt, I like Joe Kelly if he's cheap. <laughs> I really do. If he's a cheap guy, like he has a lot of upside. I don't know much about Matt Sui, but my gut tells me he's going to cost more than he's going to produce. Like he might be a sub one o that kind of has like, very little upside. His ERA is good he have a from like that, but like he doesn't. Okay. Yeah, but the other yeah, peripherals, he he doesn't have like a tremendous like strikeout percentage. Yeah, he's not he's not he's not even a special like reliever in MPB. And the strikeout stuff in the MPB is weird to translate because mm-hmm. the game over there is so like correlated to contact. 
So given Kodai Senga's strikeout numbers skyrocketed when he got over here because yep. major league hitters don't focus on contact. That's why like Yamamoto's strikeout numbers are most likely going to skyrocket as well. But Matsui, he just he's very unexciting to me for what you're going to pay for him. Um, Andrew Chafin. Yeah, you want Chafin so fucking bad. I don't what? think they need a lefty. That's my take. I don't think they need a lefty. Nick Martinez be another one. Be pretty good. I think Matthew Libertor is going to be a good reliever next year. That's another. Hot you think Libs should? Okay, so Libs. What's your? We we're we're growing sour on the poor guy, and we feel mm-hmm. bad for him because he lost like a whole season of development in 2020. And yeah. honestly, I think the time spent um, up here last season, I think the Cardinals kind of mismanaged him. I think they, they should have let him eat more, uh, get like on a regular regime for you know, uh, for for a starting pitcher. What do we do? Move him, make him a reliever, give him a full shot. Because I feel like uh, Thompson's leapfrogged him in that debate. Oh, Thompson's way better than him, in my opinion. But yeah. I think Libertor's I think Libertor can be a really good reliever. I really do. Like he he's got the stuff. And that's just something Kyle's talked about a lot. But his fastball, when it plays up to where it can be, he's great. Like when it's mm-hmm. when it's up to 96 and he has that velocity to keep people off of his slider and curveball, he's really good. The way to do that is put him in the bullpen and say, go all out for one inning every two days. Like, that would be great. And last year when they put him out there, he was pretty good. He showed some signs. I think he has a chance to be a, a pretty good reliever. Um, I think Judge Romero is going to be a good left-handed reliever for them. And obviously, if Thompson's not in the rotation, he can be out there. So if I'm the Cardinals, I'm staying away from left-handed relievers. I don't think they need them. Okay, because we have like a pool of it to d- dip into. Yeah, and they've got okay. and those guys are really talented and very cheap. Yeah. What about free agent hitters? Let's cross all the free agency Ooh, off. Yeah. Yeah. Then we can get you to want the hitters. Most imp- yeah. Then we can get to the most important. Yeah, thing. we want hitters. Which that, yeah, we can, with us. We're gonna do hitters, and then we're gonna talk about you. You want my hot do. take on hitters? What's your hot take on hitters? Don't spend Fuck one dollar on hitters. You don't need them. Yeah. That's my. They're already my pretty take. loaded, right? And they don't need hitting. What about DH? That's the only thing we were thinking about, like. Gorman. So, like, we were looking at the holes we had based on, you know, wins above replacement. But, mm-hmm. you know, the deficits that we have, right field, you know, Walker's first year, bad defense, that could be fixed. You right. have depth throughout the outfield, so maybe a corner outfield. But you could also bank on one of our other outfielders just playing league average ball. Right. And then the other deficit is just designated hitter. So, I mean, yeah. the only thing I could see is, like, if the right guy, right price, maybe a guy can DH and be a utility mm-hmm. of some sort. Well, and them also banking on, you know, you know, a lot of stock in Herrera, basically giving him the backup job now. Oh, no, that was so good. That so. Well, I'm just saying that means Herrera. Well, I mean, Willie will probably be DHing a lot more. That'd be good for his legs, think. yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know if I want – I mean – Willie had a good year. I'm just like, man, at a DH, you really just want someone who just mashes. And he's he he's more of a smasher, not a masher. If you oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I remember Wilson? <laughs> yeah. I, remember, I think Wilson – I think Wilson's a better hitter than people give him credit for. Like, he no, was better great. than Kyle Schwarber. He was, he, was better than Kyle, he was better than Kyle Schwarber was last year. Well, I mean, um, if you think of, like, Wilson's nice. trajectory, how good of a hitter he'd be if he, like, you know, a, a separate reality where he plays any other position but catcher. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, I agree. The fact that you're like a 25 plus home run guy with an 800 OPS and a catcher to me is worth like a guy who's like an 850 900 OPS anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so fucking hard to be be an adequate hitter uh, hitter at that pitch or position. Jesus Christ, it feels dude. impossible to me to actually be able to do that. Oh my god, it's like, well, you know, we'll go off on a tangent here a little bit. 
It's like when people bring up Yachty's career hitting numbers and be like, well, he's like a 720, 730 OPS career guy. I'm like, yeah, that's to me, that's really fucking good for a catcher. Yeah. Like if you have a catcher that posts like around 700, he can be a 670, 680, a 710, 720 OPS guy, and he's just really good behind the plate. Like you make a trade 100%. You know, if uh-huh. the catcher's an auto out, the catcher's an auto out. But if he's able to mitigate like base stealing as well as handle a pitching staff and, and be a good field general. I mean, I see that as a very valuable, like yeah, uh, uh, sense to have very valuable talent to have in a catcher. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking, that's why, but, that's why Adley Rushman, like I think I would trade almost anyone in the league for Adley Rushman. Like, like oh, honestly, God, just straight dude, up for him. Yeah. That's how like, that's how valuable that guy is. They're so rare. Like JT real Muto is amazing. Adley's amazing. Um, like there's very few of those guys. Like William William Wilson's brother's amazing. He's mm. great. So when you if you get one of those guys, you hold on to him as long as you can. Well, let's segue into catchers here. Let's talk about our non-tendered one, Kisner. Oh, mm. Kizzy McGuire. We shat on him a bit. I defended him. You motherfuckers hated the captain thing. Well, you cucks. Because we well we've as we've talked about it nauseam with this Mister Tom. Um. Are we saying there? It was you looked at it for much more than just like a symbolic thing. I looked. I no. I looked at it with my fucking brain. Is what I did. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Caleb. The honeymooners are fighting. I apologize. Yeah, Caleb. You're watching us. You're watching us fight over the kids, right? Yeah, over the kids. (laughs) The kids. (laughs) No, I. I mean, I got it at the time, and it's kind of you know. I get like the news comes out while we're in the middle of sucking, but. uh, you know, Willie McGee wanted to put a C on his shirt. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, but I mean, I and the reason why I associate no or that whole thing with blowing out of proportion, <laughs> maybe not even out of proportion, is that like I think of like when I think of captains, I think of like Jorge Posada, fucking Jason Veritek, and then Leaders, like, yeah. and then we get Andrew Kisner, and I'm like, I don't <laughs> think he's not on the same. You don't have to have a captain in baseball. <laughs> Why are I, we putting him? What, uh, what I don't think I, he was the actual captain. I kind of think it was a joke. If I'm being yeah. honest, yeah, no, I kind of yeah, he was. It was a hundred percent that. It's just a little yeah. symbolic. This guy works hard. Whatever. Like, there's no way that they were going to Kiz over Goldie on advice on how to swing. I don't. Bro, think they went to Hobby Lobby to picked out a red shirt, put the emblem in the C <laughs> on, and they probably got his fucking number wrong on the back and misspelled his name. That's all they did. <laughs> yeah. The but kids, like, the the kids thing is interesting to me because he wasn't making anything. No, but like I, I, they didn't need to do that. I get it, but and it, it's part of me is like they try, they're trying to find ways to save money. I get it, but how much do you need the two million dollars that kids was going to cost right. you? I I just feel bad because I predicted this because uh, you know uh, what what I say. What's the new guy we're going to find to hate after the young will be Kisner, and like he had a he had a very good year as a backup yeah. catcher. And uh, I see a lot of people just posting, but like he's got negative war. I'm like, he's a backup catcher. Yeah, who cares? He's a fucking backup catcher. If he's like <laughs> a negative point two, I don't give a fuck. He is yeah. a but but in the, guys, 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 he's a backup catcher. Well, but the the thing is though is he he's let he's less of a backup catcher than we're used to because of Willie. He's like I mean our backup medium. catchers used to be like oh they. They play maybe one day a week. He, yeah, he would be. He would a hundred percent start for a bad team, I think. Or better yet, he'd oh, yeah. be. A, he would draw, I think, like three fifty to four hundred fifty plate appearances for a bad team. Kisner's I think he would. Like a, I think he would play majority of the time for the Rays. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I like mean, the Rays there, don't have anyone. Oh, there. 
fuck, who's their catcher? Because it was Bentoncourt, and then they got rid of him, and then they had Mikea, yeah. who can only hit lefties. Yeah, I don't got much going on there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I can see that as well. Like he could, I mean, the thing of it is, is like he could start for teams somewhere, mm-hmm. but he could start for teams on it. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm happy we're you know Yvonne's coming up on it. Um, you know, I, I wit. I understand this is kind of like impossible to kind of like determine. We were talking about we, you and I like engaged this on Twitter. It would have been perfect if they got traded. Now it's not saying that the cards didn't try or if they did or didn't. What mm-hmm. is probably more true is that if they did try, they had no one came barking for it. And it's just I wish that's something that would have like metastasized. Not so much like based on return, but just it just would have been better for them. Get something out of it. Yeah, like if we sent them packing to a team that would play them halfway through the year, mainly looking at Juan Yepes. I feel so bad for him on it. Yep. Um, but like, I don't think the Yepes thing, I that seems like a mutual decision to me. Oh, yeah, it has to be. Juan yeah, there's no way to me they keep fucking from lost season. We don't play him that. hardly at all. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Yepes thing was weird last year. I don't know what was going on with that. I don't. I almost wonder if there was something that happened that we don't know about that might be a reason. I don't know what that would be, but it was weird. And I do think the Cardinals tried to trade him because the Cardinals do a lot of things wrong. They do a lot of things right. One of the things they do right is they treat their players very well. So if they could find one of them a good position to go play, they would do it other than cutting them. Like That's why I think we saw the news come out right at the deadline for the non-tenders because I think they were trying all day to trade him and there's nothing developed. Yeah, we saw there was reports they were trying to shop Hudson around. Well, mm-hmm. perfect to parlay off of your point is like, for example, Stephen Piscotty, that whole situation. Yeah. Being able to work out a trade for a guy we still had a lot of value in at the time. Yeah. And didn't get a great, I mean, we didn't get a great return, but it was the right thing to do to go back we to did the area very, with his mom. Yeah, who was, a very moral you know, thing to do. And that yeah. was, you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in a business that has that amount of money on it. Right. That does yeah. like, like reduce players down to like property. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah. it was good to see that. I think a lot of people like make fun of the Cardinal way and stuff. And it's fair. A lot of the time it's fair to make fun of that. But I do think there is reasons why players want to stay here when they, when they're free agents like Matt holiday and um, Jim Edmonds, I think it's genuinely a great place to play because of how they treat their players. So if they want it, like they don't just cut people willy nilly. Like they could have cut Kisner so many times. Like, Herrera was great oh, last year in his small last year, yeah. Right. Herrera was great for a while in his stand up here, and they still let kids ride it out. Like they, they that's just things they do mm-hmm. to a fault. No, it's good to show that level of loyalty. It you know, it backfires. I mean, Hudson, we've talked about him ad nauseum yeah. here on this one. But no, it's also good to show that, you know, if we put X amount of investment and time in you, we want to see what you got. We want you to have like every opportunity of success. Sure. Well, it's an overcorrection too, based off of some of the guys we've traded before didn't really give them a fair shot. And then Yeah. You know, so I think that factors into maybe keeping them just that little smidge too long to where we're like ready to like throw bricks in their houses. Mm-hmm. You know? It is a testament yeah. to like how the organization does treat players because you know, I'm gonna Chris Brown was right. St. Louis is a fucking shithole. Holy shit. Jesus <laughs> Oh, God. Cracker pizza on it. Oh, my God. I've had my car broken three times out there. Caleb, what? Yeah, we, uh-huh. let's go in the Caleb section. The most yeah. Important. Like, you you go to Illinois. You're finding Illinois. I do, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Very offensive. I'm in New Orleans. Very offensive. Though. Yeah, right there. You got the Illini, huh? Yeah. I, it was insane. You guys tuition. give any money to that tribe? You know, they got their permission, huh? Yeah. I, I don't know the particulars, but I know they cut their tuition in half because I lived in the state. So I went there. Once you all know, you're not going to see this, but we're looking at Caleb here on Zoom, and he has a bunch of Chief Wahoo posters behind him. He's in a headdress. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to get him canceled. Is what we're going to do. <laughs> um, so like where did you did you live in st louis you lived in missouri you said you they cut your tuition in half i guess we're like out of state right? in state for being oh, in sorry state. In state. okay so you're from illinois okay okay yeah so i we lived in alton illinois which is like there's a bridge That's in it. alton just as an alton story for you yeah what's was, the hospital there uh st francis Wait, i thought it was st anthony's st anthony's what's uh, your saint opinion anthony's. on st anthony's hospital <laughs> i didn't go to that one i went to a different hospital in alton <laughs> yeah Josh, you should have done that. Yeah, I was hospitalized for a week there back in February. Because of Fast Eddie's? No. Basically. No, my ass decided to try and kill me, and I had like a perforated bowel and was going septic. The diverticulitis. I was there for a week, and then I got, yeah, I was there for a week, and I got the fuck out. And I went went to St. Mary's over at Richmond Heights, and they took much better care of me. Whoa, dude. You could have hung out with Caleb, dude. Be like, Caleb, come up and see. I don't live in in Alton anymore. No, no, you're out. So do you, uh, what what year are you at up at uh, Illinois? I'm a senior. I'm almost yeah. I'm almost done. Oh yeah, so I live up this there. Kid. He's almost done in four years. Oh yeah, good Fuck. for you, man. Yeah. Good. Ugh. Thanks. Graduating Thanks. Uh a lot of it. I'm <laughs> a lot of it. <laughs> that's that's what I meant. I'm not I'm not paying for it out of pocket. Okay. Well, luckily you're picking I'm I'm hoping a career that's gonna easily subsidize that debt, right? No. I'm going into journalism, sports journalism specifically. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ. Are you gonna intern anywhere? Uh, or, uh yeah, no, I I don't have anything lined up yet. I'm talking to some people about it and I'm doing a, I'm going into broadcast journalism specifically. So I I have some, like I have a professor that's trying to get me in contact with people and we'll see where that goes. It's just about meeting people and hoping one of them likes you, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, that seems like a Brad Thompson, man, just uh, hit him up. And I don't want to, I got a, I got a message from this Caleb Noble guy. Uh, I don't know why I'm still talking to Danny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I gave him some green seats. We're going to see how the kid does. (laughs) So you want to commentate? No, I want to I want to go into like the new I want to. So what I'm probably going to start doing is I'm going to be on a beat for a few years writing. And then I'd like to get on like, a you know, what like Jim Hayes does. Yeah. Reporting. I want to do that, but I don't think I I don't want to do it for baseball. Like I love baseball. But I love baseball too much to where I don't want to get to a place where I'm no longer a fan of baseball. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want it to become a job for me. So I want to do. Thing, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't want to like not be able to be a fan of the Cardinals anymore. That's not what, something I'd like to do. What sport would you do? We're here. I, I really. I like hockey a lot. Okay. Um, but I th- hockey or basketball yeah, is where I'd love to down. go. Yeah. How are those sons of bitches? Are they winning? I know they. Own? They're good. They got spanked by the Sharks the other night. Oh yeah, I mean this has been the most blues hockey season I can imagine of incredible highs because like I don't yeah they're beating the Ducks right now, bro. I I am cheering so fucking hard for Benner just so I, I can him, unleash the vitriol, the toxicity on Greg Wisniewski <laughs> for talk because he has a fucking hate he boner for Benner yeah. so much. I want Benner to finish. You know, like 
here we're gonna we're gonna teach you something. So they have they they're starting to do a little uh, little analytics in hockey. Okay. You know they have mm-hmm. a good stat called a gold save above average. You know you can kind of look okay. at it as like DRS or OAA. And Benner, he was good first two years and kind of bleh, really bad last year, but now he's pretty good this year. And that's what all these fucking journalists post about him. It's like ah. Never mind that he has the poorest defense. It gives up a lot of high danger shot chances. No, this look at me. You're learning hockey today, okay? okay? Yes, Dad. you're among allies. All right, and I cannot wait for Benner to finish the season two games over 500 with a 91 save percent and a plus two GSAA. I cannot wait. I'm going to talk all kinds of mad shit <laughs> when that goes down, baby. I, I love Benner, man. He's awesome. I love him. I love like, him. Uh, it's now it's a hockey podcast, dude. I fucking, everyone loves psycho goalies. All right. Mm-hmm. They love a lunatic, except when our guy does it, when our guy's so like, weird. I want to fight and bite some throats up. Like he's a fucking baby. And be like, yeah, yeah he rules. It's awesome. Jesus. Like he's 165 pounds. He ain't going to, he, ain't gonna he might be less anybody. than that. He might be less than that. He's he so might skinny. be less than that. Yeah, no, this ain't like fucking Milan Lucic, who's in jail, by the way, for, you know, going around like picking fights with Ryan Miller again. Like, this is a goal. It's awesome to see that. Those guys mm-hmm. are lunatics. Give me more of that. And he gives you the gift of every once in a while in the middle of a blues losing streak, losing his mind on after giving up yeah. four goals and trying to fight their top center or the other team's goalie. And you want to boo that? Fuck you. That I want that level of hockey. I want psychosis <laughs> and chaos in my sport. Play Give a, it to me. I have backup goalies, man. Oh my yeah. god. If I can He's crazy, no, man. Oh, dude, I love him. He's a robot. He's a fuck he is a murder robot. I would if I could melt down his aura into heroin, I would die. I would overdose on a day one. I would shoot so much of it up, dude. He <laughs> fucking rules. I love Benner. He's an all right goalie. But he rules as a personality. He's, he he gave us the greatest run of blues hockey we'll ever see. So he I got will us always the fucking cup, dude. We got to build a bust of him. We got to also make- like he's such a great playoff goalie too. Like you get in the playoffs, he's one of those guys that can they can win you a series. Like I still think twenty twenty Colorado one. I think they would have won the 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 Stanley Cup if he didn't get hurt. I, I really feel that do. way too. He got locked in, which is a good bounce back because during that uh, the bubble year. He was so bad against Vancouver, and then I think he just had like a a chip on his shoulder to get back to that, get back to the dance. And yeah, and God, he wasn't even it, starting game one of that that um of that postseason. It was um Billy Huso that was yeah. starting, and then Benner came in, and then well, we all know what happened on that one. And that uh, I mean, I hate the Abs so much. I'm they yeah, might be the team I hate the most right now. I mean, Cronky too. I mean, that's gotta be a fact. So right Abs now. fans are like Astros fans. Is what I would say. So they're like that level of unbearable right now for me. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah, Caleb, which fan. fan base would you kill? <laughs> I'm sorry. Which is your least favorite fan base in the world? Uh, in the world, um, probably yeah. Cowboys fans. Cowboys fans. Ooh. Because they have, they have like the Astros fans, whatever, but they have a reason to be cocky. Um, the Cowboys fans don't because most of the time, most of the Super Bowls they have, they weren't alive, a lot of them. And I think it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to me. Yeah. Um, I guess for baseball, for me, I hate Mets fans. I used to hate Red Sox fans the most, but anytime I like uh, get into Mets it fans, online, yeah. like it's kind of fun. Mets fans always call me a pedophile. Yeah. And I can't, I just can't like, fail. I, you know, <laughs> if I had contacts, I'd probably, they would probably just call me fat after that. But like, they're the only fan base. I've argued with like, um, 
Phillies fans, they'd be like, the cards own you, or the Phillies own you. I'm like, you guys own diabetes. Uh-huh, LOL. But Mets fans are like, you fuck kids. I'm like, all right. You Mets caught me. So you caught me. Too. You're way better than the FBI. I can't believe some guy in a basement. In well, and here's flushings. the thing: if uh, you know, if 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 you did put contacts on, they would pro- like they would just say you're fat, which is kind of good because that's something you can change. Yeah. Whereas if you're fat and you're a pedophile, <laughs> I don't think there's I, no yeah, going. <laughs> yeah, I don't. There's no. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> yeah no one could be like you're still fat yeah. when you're not fat anymore yeah. <laughs> they're like you're still yeah, yeah you can't really once take... a pedophile always a pedophile yeah no yeah, yeah no let we're gonna clip this and advertise it <laughs> we're just gonna tag hard nine in it for the the entire the entirety of it <laughs> that's a chunky that yeah, right that's there a that's a chunky yeah. um so okay so how many episodes are you on how many how long have you been doing your pod we started in 2021 under a different name. And then we kind of restarted last year and started doing it more consistently um, mm-hmm. and made the hard nine. Um, so we're at like, the, it was the 44th episode that we'd done, but we had, we had a whole off season of like doing player profiles for basically every player on the Cardinals. And those weren't counted into our numbers. So I don't know what that would be. It'd probably be around 65 to 70. If I had to guess. Yeah. And uh... so that's probably where we're at. So like what's, what's the goal with it you're gonna keep doing it even after graduation even after your yeah i it's gonna it could get tricky after once i'm like in a career in sports to continue doing it i don't know how that's gonna work we'll see yeah. but as of right now we're just gonna keep doing it as much as we can like we're about to hit 500 subscribers on youtube which is pretty cool like that's more yeah. than i thought we'd get I to, to be honest. i saw that it's really impressive so uh... so as long i mean if we could ultimately start making like a, a relatively low amount of money instead of zero dollars on it that'd be great but other than that, it's just kind of a fun thing we were able to do because so we talk about Patreon, sports man. all the time. Yeah, dude, yeah. we get paid like fucking fifty bucks, fifty bucks a month, dude. Yeah. You can do it that way. Just you know, just do it. Uh, tell me if like okay, so we always talk. We just like talking sports, but really, we're we just try to be funny. We like just bullshitting. I use this pod a lot as like a creative outlet, like um, you know, as a as a as a fulfillment piece on it. Is that like? what you have in mind for it or are we just like the guy amongst everyone is like jesus christ caleb's gonna fucking tell us about war again he's gonna tell <laughs> us about he's gonna t- explain what woba is is what it's gonna come down to is this like a, a a fulfillment project here um is this just like a cool thing you do with your pops you know what mm-hmm. what's the motivation for you here honestly i just like there was no like deeper meaning behind any of it honestly mm-hmm. i i love talking about baseball it's like it's all i do all day it's all i think about all day for the most part like i recently stopped playing baseball after like my first year in college i stopped playing after that um so i kind of have like not stopped thinking about it and i was like there then my dad and i would talk about it 24 7 and my family would get annoying about annoyed because we want to shut up about it so like well why don't we just like talk for an hour and release it and see if people like what we're talking about so that's where we started. And then we kind of got more views, I think, than we expected to ever get on some episodes. So it was like, well, we might as well continue it. Like there's stuff going on all the time in baseball. So, yeah. but it does, it is a fun, creative thing to do. Like I, I edit all of it and stuff because my dad's too old to know how to do any of that stuff. So I have to do all of that. But, <laughs> so, but so that's what I do. But it's not, I don't know, man. I just love talking about baseball and I like, You're I like the conversation kid. You have it brings. I, I have a twin sister and an older sister. Okay, and like so, your dad's like, I connect with my boy here. We can talk. Ba-. The sisters, not so much in the in the sports. 
Oh no, they're not. And they're like, they'll go to a game, you know, and enjoy it. Like they won't be like annoying if we go to a game with them, but they're not going to sit down and watch a Cardinal game by themselves. That's not going to happen. So this is like a strong draw between your dad is the link. Yeah. He was my, he was my coach when I was growing up for like 10 years. Really? What position you play? So yeah. Second base. Second. He's a fucking second baseman. Yeah. I, was I played second base in second place in middle school and third base in high school. Nice. And second and third in college. Oh, so you play? Where'd you play collegiate ball at? I had a scholarship to come to Loyola, New Orleans, and that's where I was gonna play at. And then COVID ruined it to where all their seniors got to come back, so they cut Damn. a bunch of their scholarships. Um, so I played for one year at Lewis and Clark, and then um, my shoulder was hurt too bad to throw, so I just decided it was time to hang it up. Yeah, you Lewis know. and Clark is in Alton, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Godfrey, okay. but yeah, you right see, by there. When I my senior year, uh, I had uh considerations from uh shawnee community and wow this is gonna blow your mind this will this still upsets me my life could have been so much different it wasn't a uh they were gonna offer me an academic scholarship a partial one a, it was gonna cover a lot but they uh also encouraged their baseball program fucking westminster uh-huh. top 50 college in the u.s and they looked at me and was like hey, he's stupid but he seems i don't know we can do something with him <laughs> they had called they were the only ones to call me and like actually have like a conversation with me and i'm like nah i'm gonna stay close i'm gonna go to semo you know i'm gonna live out my dreams there and then i realized i'm like you're not gonna walk anywhere you're gonna play on like a club baseball team right. you're not even gonna play on that one because every time you go to college <laughs> there's always someone better than you at the thing you thought oh, when you're yeah. from a small school you know when yeah. you're from a small town someone's always a crowd of a hundred gonna be better than you that happened to me at a uh, baseball camp right before freshman year of high school yeah, I hadn't played in a couple of years, but I was like, yeah, let's let, let's see if I've still got it. Um, it was <laughs> terrible. I was not the worst person there. There's like three or four guys that sucked more than I. But yeah, I was like, nope, I'm not making this team. No, Josh yeah. is an accomplished uh, basketball player at the gym. Um, we play a, a variation of horse and this motherfucker cannot miss a corner three. Everything else, you know, <laughs> I can get on him. But like he goes and it's the same corner. You're a whore. That's what you. <laughs> you're I feel, a prostitute. I, I feel the magic, baby. <laughs> Just fucking wait till I'm back in the gym after. after the cold, the corner three is the highest percentage shot in basketball. That's out of the NBA the, live shit, baby. Yeah. It's that corner three. That's, yeah. that's that's what Clay Thompson made his living on. So <laughs> I yeah. guess you're within. Made is a key word because that guy's dead. Um, <laughs> he's struggling. He's struggling bad right now. <laughs> he's he's dead. <laughs> What uh? So you know you went so the high school you went was in Alton. I guess a pretty big high school. It's it's pretty big. Yeah, it was five A. I guess would be what it's considered. So okay. it was as big as it could be. Christ, and we played that? Edwardsville all the time, and they killed us because they were insane. They won yeah. state twice while we played them. They were in our conference. And they won state two of the four years I went there. Hey, what's your slash line? What was your slash line your senior year? What was I, your, don't, I don't know. What was your woba? I think what was your woba? <laughs> my woba probably not great. My slash line, I don't know. I pro- I know I batted over 300 every year, but I don't know what my slash line was. God damn. That was well, the only it just like like I played I played varsity as a freshman and I it was 
very difficult because they were adults and I did about <laughs> 300 that year. Like I was a 14 year old playing 18 year olds. And I was like, this just isn't fair. I can't yeah, see so the ball. Much. Yeah, so much. They were, and I was like, I'm batting 212. I can't see the ball and they won't send me back down. Please send me back down. Please. I need I to go to JB in. and see like 75, 82. Like give yeah. me some of that. I can't see. And we play Eversville and it would be like 93 mile per hour. And I'd be like, I, what am I going to do with this? I don't. <laughs> we have. I can't uh, see the ball. How am I going to hit it? So I, I umpire high school game because I'm the thin blue line. I'm, you know, keeping everyone safe. I finally got this past season. I uh, saw my fastest pitcher. I saw 92. Damn. I got 92 this past year. I took the worst one. I, I didn't get one off the mask. Thank God. The, I took three off the nuts. One of them being oh. a JV game where a kid threw 82 with no control. And then the worst one I got, I thought I was going to get concussed on. As soon as I saw this kid, he was throwing 88. For a small school, like a 3A school, this fucking kid, I took like one, I didn't take it off the mask, but I took it right off the chest. And like that hurt like a motherfucker. But if I took that off the mask, I was going to the hospital. I'm like, I gotta buy, I'm gonna have to spend $300 to she buy like an MLB shield. level mask. You one of those shields. You know, yeah, like look like, in, like a yeah. 20 zump and be like, you're out of here <laughs> for what? Being not white enough. <laughs> I'm a 1920s cop. Get out of here. That's my crazy. first exhibition in college i faced this kid that was throwing he was like the guy of the college whatever he wasn't even that good but he threw hard <laughs> like he threw like 91 92 and the first pitch he hit me in the elbow and i didn't have an elbow guard on oh, and wait. i my arm like was limp for three days i thought i broke Whoa. it i couldn't even feel it like i had i was like that little kid i was like i was a freshman and i was like a little bitch because they i was like sitting in a dugout with my arm wrapped in ice and I was like when are you gonna play catchy and i was like dude i can't lift my arm i, I think he broke it. my elbow He's like, don't you rub it. I it hurts so shoulder bad. after I got a really gnarly one this year. Um, I think this team didn't like my zone. I call I call a real tight zone, and uh, they didn't do it on purpose. But I like to say it is. Catcher just missed it. No foul tip. Fucking caught me right on the shoulder where I had no uh, arm. Uh, do you see that, that shit? Yeah. You remember that? I had it covered my entire shoulder. This is what happens when you get in your thirties, dude. You, once you get bruised, it just spreads out like a virus on it, and like I could not sleep. For a fucking week, off like eighty one off the shoulder. And see, I thought you were you just had gone out, drank too much, and gotten like a. It tattoo. got AIDS. That's no, what. That too, but gotten a tattoo like the Rock, you know. Oh yeah, like, get a Rock tattoo there. is what it was. Yeah. Yeah, nice little purple coloring <laughs> on it. So this is yeah. You got any more for him? We've we've kept them for we kept Caleb for about an hour and a half. We can we torment him some more. Um, we can certainly do that if Caleb's up. For we him. made a joke. Hard nine. Nick's penis. Yeah. Whatever. Um. Caleb, this is something I like to ask a lot of time with our new guests. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, you and your your dad was a big part of kind of your fandom for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Can you think of a specific moment in, like, your childhood that, like, encapsulates, like, the this is when I became obsessed with baseball or this is when I became, like, a huge Cardinals fan is, like, that's, like, one specific time. I'm sure there was one earlier that really got me into it, but the one that I remember the most is Alan Craig's home run in Game Six of 2011 World oh, Series. Fuck yeah! Yeah, and I think it's the most underrated moment of that game. It's the most underrated moment of that game because without it, they don't tie it with Freeze. Oh God, Caleb, you just made me have like an old guy flashback. Like when Alan I... Craig's my favorite oh, player, maybe ever. I love him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try not to cry about it. So like. When I was living in an apartment, my my best friend at the time, it's not my best friend, but I've had more now, but we got the whole boys together. We got two 24 racks of Budweiser. 
we did breakfast for dinner to watch game six of the World Series. And I had this video and then my phone fucked up. And this was before, you know, you could like transfer it more easily. And we had this video. We had two videos. The first video is when Freeze hit the walk off. I, uh, my friend's girlfriend was there. I handed her a phone like, you know, record this any. We're going to record this. You know, maybe we get this. And then I had the more important one was uh, it wasn't the Craig Homer. It was Freeze game tying triple mm-hmm. of us just animalistically screaming tackling each other and running through this entire park we had neighbors <laughs> below us and we were just freaking there is 40 empty beer cans all over the coffee table it is pandemonium and we didn't feel drunk until after the game our adrenaline was so high and that was oh god i wish i still had that that was pure bliss man that's yeah. that is a good moment man anything from game six yeah. i love alan craig man he was awesome he, he what could have been without the injuries yeah Mark right. was right yeah. happened in that series too i mean the foot that he really never seemingly recovered from that. Hey, Homer in a game seven too. Like he was probably the most underrated hero of that series, I think. But yeah, let's uh, hit him with the the crumble coin one, and then we're uh, we're good. So we do a thing on here. Um, should we even hit him with a goofus? We haven't even wrote up goofuses yet. We'll hit him with this. Why not? Yeah, we'll give you two here, and then we'll close out. So we're coming up where we do like our off season predictions. Um, we actually need to make Ryan pay dearly for it because uh, we pick you know who's free agent signing you know what's most likely for this to happen and the loser has to go to a batting cage drink beer and do what we call the hornsby challenge where you have to take 250 swings um in a batting cage no 250 hits yeah we're gonna do swings in case i lose in the future Uh. but so we have one that's like as much as i hate harry potter we have like a golden snitch one it's called the goofus which you pick something so borderline ridiculous borderline community college like creative writing like level that if it comes true you win no matter what you scored all right mm-hmm. and like this past year for example i was so close i said marcus stroman loses a fortune on nfts um ryan's was rangers fall out of contention in may fire sale in june <laughs> this wasn't yours but you picked a mean one for a different one, which is daniel vogelbach dies and then nick's was Brandon Nimmo, Jan 6 confirmed. Yeah. So I know we're putting on a spot here, but like whatever comes to mind, what do you think you're silling it? What's the goofus for you? Do you got a goofus you can churn up here? Like off season or next um, off season? season right? So off season begins what we would say 2024 all the way until the end of the World Series next year. So it can okay. be a, it can be a wild off season. Cardinal Cardinal signed Alec Alex Wood to a 10 year deal. Like I would count that as a goofus. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think the Cardinals have the second best record in the National League next year and get a bye in the first round. Okay. That's okay. a hot take. That is a hot take. That's a hot yeah. take. Hot that's, takes coming up right here. Spicy. And last but not least, we do something here. Uh, we have a crumble champ. So uh, uh, we uh, this started as a running gag where we're making fun of uh, crypto bros. And we're like, mm-hmm. we made a crumble coin. It's a Lithuanian cur- currency. So a crumble champ for you. Usually uh, it can be a really good or really bad, but sarcastic one. So, like, we'll go first. Mm-hmm. Josh, who's your crumble champ? Um, We just talked about it. My crumble champ is uh, Daniel Vogelbach. He got DFA'd. Uh, well, not- <laughs> I must be rowdy to Les then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our swamp monsters are yeah. going to get paid, baby. <laughs> so, like, uh, another example of how it would be is, like, uh, whenever, you know, the – 
the you know Stroman or Bauer first hit the news for something bad, we'd be like, oh, it's those guys. They dudes rock, whatever. That's a crumble jam. But you also pick a good one on it. So it can go either way. Crumble crumble knows no uh no bounds to it, man. So who's your crumble champ of the week? And I pick Lars Newbar's Instagram story. Nice. That's good. That's a good one. Nude's doing for Nude's setting doing Twitter ablaze. I think he's doing it on purpose. <laughs> I, I think he's doing it on purpose to fuck with us, honestly. You're like, this is gonna be funny. And then Yoshi posted his too with Newbar. I'm like, this is a game they're playing. They're playing a game. Do you think uh <laughs> you think Card's Twitter is a little too emotional sometimes? You know, you know all the time, yeah. All the time. We love it. We love I mean, it. I it's sometimes it's enjoyable until it's like in your comments of your tweets, you're like, okay, just fuck off. Like this is annoying. Yeah, this is getting. Uh, I can't. I also feel bad for before we finally let you go because uh, you and I. Uh, this wasn't like even a bad argument, but we were arguing with a guy about like Nola's AAV. I remember, mm-hmm. and we were both you and I were confident about. Like, He's trying to get like way much more fucking money in what you're saying, you troglodyte, <laughs> and he takes a deal for twenty four million. I'm like that guy. I got. I owe him an apology. He knew what he was cooking. He knew what he I was, was laughing about with my dad too. I was like, "He's gonna get 30, 30 a year." I was I like, "24? You gotta be kidding me! Twenty four? I thought twenty eight to thirty one is kind of like what I, I think. Was. I think it's confirmed that Aaron Nola hates the Players Association. I think that's what happened. That's not base. Nola, change your view on labor. Okay, <laughs> Caleb Noble, thank you for coming on. Do you got anything yeah. you want to plug? Uh, just our podcast over the Hard Nine Podcast, like you said. But other than that. No, not really. Don't look at my tweets. They're stupid. Like that. My t- His tweets are fine, guys. So, They're tweets. Yeah, right. Go check out the Hard Nine podcast, tweets, the everyone. Tweets. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, we Caleb. We love you. Thank you so much. Right.